Well, welcome to the happiest people on the planet. With me to, uh, today is Caroline Williams. She is um, a leader and a speaker and a promoter. Welcome to the show, Caroline. Nice to have you. Thank you, Charles. How it's are you doing to today? <laughs> it's lovely to see your smile. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. You make me smile. <laughs> and that. It's infectious. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, Caroline, um, tell us a little bit. How did you grow up, like, from your childhood with your siblings, your family, you know? I was um, the youngest member of a... Um, family, a Welsh family, living, my father, to, to sort of give you the background of my father's influence, he was a, a World War II area pilot. He was a pilot. He was a pilot during the, the Second World War. Second World War, wow. So when he finished and wanted to do some work, you know, do, um, civilian work, yeah. he decided to become a youth worker because of the devastation that war created. So he wanted to um, work with young people. Hmm. And therefore his first position, which goes back to where I, I started, he started in Kafili, which is, um, if you know anything about cheese and you like cheese. Yeah, chocolate, yeah, sure. Yeah, you have a Kafili cheese, it's quite pronounced. So my father started youth work in Kafili. And then my brother was born, so he's the eldest. And, and my sister was the second. And then by the time I came along, we moved to, because of his work, which was youth work, he, he um, created around about 10 clubs, youth clubs. 10 youth clubs. At the time. So when I was born, he was going strong in terms of being asked to do it as a profession, you know, and being paid for doing it. Hmm. So... That's what I was born into. I was born into a father who was building relationships up with young people in Wales hmm. and therefore twin towning it with young people in southern Germany after the war. Hmm. So the wow. three children, yes, the three children, which I was the youngest, were used to my father every summer going to Germany. And the reason he was going to Germany was to build up different um, relationships with Stuttgart, Cologne, Berlin. Um, I'm trying to think of all the names, Heidelberg, Heidenheim. And one particular um, place he, he was welcomed was Heidenheim. Now, Heidenheim, apparently, and again, I'm Welsh, so you've got to bear with me. It was a brand new town after the war. They, they built it as a brand new town. So we were so um, uh, well welcomed and hosted that we stayed with the Lord Mayor. So my father used to say, it was like a little bit of a, what a daddy says, because you got um, the, the girl. My father would say, if you do well and you're a good girl. Father's can, girl. <laughs> yes. You can come to Germany with me on one of my trips. So I did, I went on it on two occasions with the youth members. Now, don't forget, they were about, when you're a youth uh, club member, you're around about four, 15, 16, 17 years of age. So I was going with older uh, teenagers. 
but I still I still enjoyed it because I love traveling and I, I love the excitement and I wanted to be with my dad. So I, I spent a lot of time going back and forth with him to, to different events. And so Germany became quite a focal point in our family. Why, why, why Germany? Was it some sort of like a reconciliation after the yes. war? It was, it was my father's way of, uh, we call it retribution, because he knew the devastation that the war had cost both sides, not just Germany, you know, our side as well, and worldwide, that he, he must have, I think, in those days, so we're talking back in the 60s, he must have decided, well, I need to make up for this and create this relationship mm. and strengthen it. And he did. He did it for 30 years. What position was your dad then? What, was he... Well, he uh, became... The... Um, he, he, you see, he started as a youth leader, a youth club leader. Mm. And because he was doing so well, he then went into what we call further education officer. So what further education officer means is that you go to the high school and you go to the college end and you become somebody who's recognized as a, as a pioneer. Hmm. So further education. Yes. But, yes. but he also had, you see, there were lots of, it's like you, Charles, and people in Life Tribe. It's not just one skill. There are lots of skills. So what he was doing besides that was taking us canoeing to get us qualified in canoeing through the youth clubs. We'd go sailing, so we'd get ourselves um, qualified in sailing. Now, he was already um, a sailor, and he would hmm. sail on the Sir Winston Churchill, which is the sail ship. The, the big ship? The, the sail ships, the big ships. Oh, right, right, right. So he would, because he was qualified, he yes. would offer his services on board Sir Winston Churchill's sail ship. And the other one was um, the Sir Malcolm, Malcolm Miller ship. Was he, was he the captain of the ship? Was he one? No, he, he, no, no, no. They'd have to take different uh, positions. If I they see. were offering uh, their service as a community service, they would say, be a bursa, be, um, I don't know, a sailor to help, whatever. But he was, he, he was a bursa, um, always the organizer. Right, right, right. So they knew him. Now, this is very Welsh, Charles, and you probably got some. They knew him as... Jones, the organizer, mm. because he'd organize everything. Wow. wow. He'd organize canoeing, he'd organize sailing, he'd organize camping trips. You know, in America, summer camps are big. Well, he, he was always doing that. So he was always organizing events. That's a great thing, uh, Caroline, growing up with such a dad who was uh, involved, you know, connecting organizing and it's like, like managing you know multi uh, facets of things that's Correct. really that's really what 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 do you think was like his easy easy it was like what what was his um, um his attitude to life what made him connect so easily with people I and was, get I think the experience of the war was the biggest catalyst you know, the being an RAF pilot in the Second World War was massive in mm. terms of what they saw and what they had to do. So yeah. I do feel that that experience um, meant that he spiritually and mentally decided, I've got to um, plan my future to build relationships back because of the devastation. I mean, we, I mean, as you know, London and all the cities 
were completely bombed. Um, Swansea, the churches were bombed. Mm. And we equally bombed a lot of their cities. So in view of the destruction, the destruction, I think he wanted to do the build. Mm. Destroy, build. So I haven't finished the skills he had. He, he used to work with the Duke of Edinburgh Ward scheme. So he closely was linked with the Duke of uh, Edinburgh, that's Prince Philip, the, the Queen's husband. Yes, yes. Now, he used to work with him because of uh, the, the Prince's Trust and the Duke of Edinburgh Ward Trust. It was early days, you see, you're talking 60s and 70s and then 80s. The, uh, the, the Prince Philip was uh, beginning the Duke of Edinburgh Ward scheme. He was even young in those days. He was young in those days. So my father, from a Welsh point of view, would be the leader to bring the Duke of Edinburgh Ward scheme to what we call Carmarthen, that's a county in Wales. So he wasn't just a youth leader, you see. He would look at all the contacts, it's a bit like us, all the connections. Yeah, yeah. And then work on that. So he also became a justice of the peace. We call them JPs here. Now the justice wow. of the peace, means that you are partly legal so that you can sit. They choose you as a community if you're, trust, uh, you're trustworthy yeah. and if, you know, that kind of thing. You sit yeah. on um, court proceedings for people who are wrongdoers. Yeah. So he was known as R.P. Jones, J.P. <laughs> so when you say what was he, he was a man of lots of things. And, Charles... He became a lay reader, which meant in those days, he was linking with the church and offering his services to speak in church. Wow, wow. So I grew up with a dad that was linked with royalty, yes. wanted to build the, the, the clubs, the youth movement, the youth movement, yes. and also was beginning to preach in church and join the clergy. This was a man, you know, in the in in the church and the, and the building, like uh, youth uh, groups uh, movement, and yes. then in the political side of it, and with the royal. That's uh, that's quite. What inspired him when you look at him now? You know, what do you think your father? Uh, what qualities of life was? What I was his main? I think, like us all, he had a vision. Yeah. He wanted to build relationships back after the destruction. That was his um, drive. That was his goal the whole time, build the relationships back up. So when you look at the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you now in 2018 have twin towns everywhere. Twin, twin towning. So for me... He was a twin towner pioneer. Wow. Yeah, I mean, doing things like that, you need to have a certain kind of love and respect and, and you know, all these uh, wonderful things, mankind, you know, to really yes. inspire into that, you know? I think the, a bit like Brian Rose, when you look at Brian Rose, my father yeah. was a before they went into the area, Yes. He usually chose, when, in those days, when you joined either the army, the navy, or the RAF, 
you mm. have to be physically fit. Yeah. Now, in my father's case, he was physically very fit. So he was a gymnast. Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that it's that energy, yes. the physical fitness, the experience of being the pilot, the destruction of what you do as a, during the wartime, yes. meant that that energy went down into what we call the negative destruction, but then came back up to build and build relationships. Wow. So that's, that's how I see it, the energy flow. Yes. It's amazing, you know, what we can do when we, if we can just control our energy to uh, focus at, a, at an angle which is good for, for us, <laughs> good for, for other people, you know? Yes. This is so, such an amazing. So towards the, I can't remember, it was 80, I'm trying to think back, I think it was 1983, he got ordained as a priest. He got it properly ordained as a clergyman. He became a priest. Yes. So you properly, at, the, at 1983, he went to St. David's Cathedral, which is here in Wales, and became ordained as a clergy. Wow. So that was the end of his time. Yeah, yeah. He ended up being as a, as a clergyman. Yeah. Hmm. But then the war period stayed with him because, I don't know if you, you have this um, in, in Switzerland, you they were linked because you know like we, we have wars now and you have charities so he was always linked with charities that built airmen back so you know the the, the point that the airmen were disfigured and the airmen you know have, if they had accidents in, in yeah. doing that wartime they would have a charity and it was called in this country it was called cheshire coombs cheshire, cheshire coombs cheshire coombs now, I thought that was run by a lieutenant, you know, because again, it's, it's funded by military. Okay. So the person who ran Cheshire Coombs was a lieutenant. Yeah. And my father would work side by side with the lieutenant because they were rehabilitating. They were offering uh, plastic surgery. They were offering lots of things to airmen that had been uh, injured during the war. Hmm. So do you see the pathway? The pathway yes. was linking with royalty, linking with relation, building relationships up with Southern Germany, and also helping airmen rehabilitate. Hmm. That's amazing. That's, 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 really, that's really amazing, man. And um, yeah, having a father like that, how did you... Um, how did you feel about it? What did you think of him? Well, he was, was he mine. Kind of like your hero or, you know, you, you those... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but the hero falls too. I mean, we grow up, don't we? And we see the, <laughs> the human failings. <laughs> because he used to get... You see, don't forget, Charles, when you're in a war, and even today's wars, mm. you have what we call um, after effects. So with him... Absolutely, yes. Yeah, he was, he did suffer trauma. There was no doubt about it. Hmm. So I used to see him as a hero. Yes, I did. Hmm. I used to always want to be with him. I always remember going, um, you know, when I was very small, saying, you're not going away again. So I don't hmm. know if you, you know, if your children would say, oh, daddy, you're not going away again. I'd hate it. I would really yeah. hate it. And uh, he'd say, well, I'll be back. I'll be back, you know and give you the time span. 
So when mm. you said, what did I think of him? I used to miss him a lot. Mm. And then when he'd come back, he'd always bring a present, you see. Wow. So it would be a German kind of um, present, either a, yeah. you know, a watch, you know, depending on what age I was, he'd always bring me something. Big surprise, back. yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> so yes, I did see him as a hero, but as I got older, I also saw the other side of, yeah. of what happens when you're in a war. Yeah. Yeah, that must be really a devastating time, you know, when uh, after the World War, everything is broken down, you know, the buildings, whatever you call it, the schools, the, the churches, like you're saying, and really uh, being able to put your energy, uh, the energy you use for, 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 for fighting for your people, you know, to, for freedom, you know, it's always a fight for freedom, you know, and, and you use it to build now, to, to repair, you know. And to, to repair. Yeah, to repair buildings or even hearts of people, you know, going as far as Germany, you know, in having this, you know, uh, having um, to help, you know, the youth. I'm sure the youth, everybody was kind of like broken in a way. I mean, the hearts were broken because of many people died. And many things which were just, you know, destroyed, you know, because of war. War destroys everything. Absolutely. Yeah, but to see a man standing up and rising and overseeing all these obstacles and, and channeling his energy to help mankind. Yes. To bring unity, to, you know, to, to bring courage, to bring energy again, to build again. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. It, it takes a lot to, um, you know, the saying with your dad, you know, your dad is, is the hero. It takes a lot to have anybody come near him in my life. And it's been like that, you know, because how can you emulate or how can you uh, topple somebody like that? You can't. Yeah, you can. You can't. Yeah. You know, because they have been there. They've experienced it. They have hmm. uh, challenged it. They have overcome it. Hmm. And then they bring the community and the family back with it. Back again, yes. Back again. So yes, it did. It did shape a lot of how I saw the world, Charles. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, going to be even to be a clergyman. Now you're going on a spiritual level, you know. Yes, to it help always... people, you know, to to yes. to really communicate and that 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 uh, that love and that um, uh, pride of being people again who can. Start again, you know, and, yes. and go for new things. That is absolutely amazing. He'd always have that spiritual side to him. Yeah. What is that one thing which you, you really um, took from your dad? One or two things, <laughs> which you go by like today. <laughs> I'm sure being your hero, you know, you, you, you yeah, you miss him, but you also help yes. some some traits which which you in in grab in, in uh, put in yourself you know to, to really and that's, apply that's, to life. That's yeah. how I see it. I I see that exactly. The my mother was the person who had to because in those days they didn't work if they had family. We were three children, so she stayed home to bring us up. Hmm. She gave us she gave us the quality of how to behave. She gave us the food on the table. She gave us the love. So 
while my father was be, becoming this um, important person in what he was doing, my mother, I saw, and this is me being a woman, uh, Charles, mm. I saw her doing um, more sometimes because we were three children. And as you know, one child is enough. If you have two, it's enough. That's if you have true. three, it's a lot to have to do. And people have more children, you know. But in those days, the money wasn't there to be able to sort of um, have luxuries. So we always had food on the table. We always had good clothes. We always had love. So that's my mother's side of hmm. my upbringing while my father was doing the pioneering. Hmm. That looks like a, 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 an excellent teamwork right there. Yes. You see, yes. It's, it's like harmony, working in harmony, you know, when when it's like, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's, that's a wonderful family, you see. So, so what I took from my mother, when you said about what I took from my father, yeah. I've got my father's energy. I've got my father's risk element, yeah. my daring, my adventuring. Mm. I, you know, I love going off on adventures. I love exploring. And I've got all that from my dad. Mm. But from my mother, I have got, and I did do it, I repeated the cycle. I, uh, when I qualified as a teacher, I taught, but I was having difficulty having children. So I had to go through quite a, a I mean, today you'd call it the IVF procedure. It, today you have IVF, which is okay. infertilized, you know, the IVF treatment. Yes, yes. But they didn't have that during my day. So I had to go in, uh, into surgery. I had surgery to have children. Okay. So as a teacher, I made the conscious decision, a conscious one, not a, um, a higher conscious or a subconscious. I would bring, if I had children, I would bring them up to a certain age myself. I wouldn't give them to anybody like, you know, to grandma or auntie. Yeah. I would do that one to five, one to seven piece for myself and I did I brought my two up to do the same have the same values yes. have the same adventure yes um, have the same appetite to socialize mm -hmm. uh, so I created the same pattern yeah yeah the values the, the core values family legacy yes the, the core values yeah yeah values yeah of going Absolutely. select selecting good schools yes yes selecting um a place which is a nice environment to be in hmm. Hmm. and selecting a community like a church hmm. yes so i was shaping the same kind of thing they're always my core values hmm. wonderful so, so that's come back through yeah yeah uh, let me uh... Tell us, did you have any time you, you had um, questions or like, you know, kind of like uh, a tragedy which went through your life? And yes. How did you, uh, how did you um, come out of that? Well, there were two, two main tragedies um, and you, the one I think that shaped me was when I was in Germany with my father, having an accident there hmm. and being hospitalized in this Heidenheim, which is a brand new town with a brand new hospital. 
So unfortunately for me, uh, cycling, and my brother was there, um, my sister was there, but she wasn't cycling with us. So unfortunately for me, I hit um, the wall because I was going too fast and didn't know how to break the bike. So as a result, of, we call that collision, you know, as hmm. a result of that collision. On the I wall? Was, yes. I was taken into a hospital, which was the Heidenheim Hospital. Hmm. And unknown to me, that was a herbalistic hospital. They practice ah. herbal medicine. I see. Polyistic, even in those days. Wow. So um, they mended me. They put me back together. You know, like Humpty Dumpty falls off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, put, they put me back. They, they wired my jaw. They wired my mouth. Hmm. Um, and they were putting... Have you heard of chamomile? You know chamomile tea? Yeah, yes, chamomile tea, yes. They were, they were feeding chamomile through um, a drip here. Ah. That was what I was having. Yes, yes. To calm the nervous system down. Hmm. And then they were putting chamomile cream everywhere on all my cuts, my superficial cuts. So they were practicing herbalistic medicine then. Wow. That has shaped me now. Through herbal medicine, yeah. Wow. No, after, I, I that, mean, that's what? Yes. That's, that's one tragedy. The other tragedy, I've written a blog about, and I was asked to do it hmm. by the founders of academy.com. Yeah. Uh, Penny Power in London is an OBE. So she's Penny Power OBE because uh, Her Majesty has given her that title. And that happened two, two years ago. And Penny ran a challenge for business people. Hmm. So it was called the Business Challenge. Yeah. So she knew about me because I'd gone to, to, you know, I'd gone to London to visit um, her and her husband, Thomas. And she said, would I like to take the challenge? And if you said to Carolyn Williams, Charles, yeah. do you want a challenge? My answer is yes. I like challenges. That's good. That's something you, you inherited, inherited from, your, from your dad, yes. right? <laughs> That's right. So the business challenge was to talk about, and I'm answering your question, to talk yeah. about the, the, um, the worst thing that happens to you in life and how you then get up and stand up and start again. Hmm. So what happened in round about, I'm trying to think of the time, 91, 1991, I um, was married to a senior police officer. We had moved a good nine, uh, nine to ten times. Every two years we would move. And I, I decided that that marriage after 21 years was not working because, again, he wouldn't have time to be giving it to the family or being with the family. So it wasn't really what I call a life. So I decided that, that I had to be true to myself and honest and face the fact that it, the marriage was dead, right? Mm. So that was one. And that was a big decision. It took me, I would say, 12 years to make that decision mm. happen. So I did that, and that was awful. You know, it was really bad because um, in those days, they didn't like people getting a divorce. They didn't support you if you were divorcing. Wow. So it, it was a tough decision. So I did it. And at the same time I did it, I had a huge, a big house, a th what we call a three-floor house. Hmm. I couldn't afford it because it was um, a very expensive house. 
So I had to sell my house. I lost my mother. My mother died. At the same time. At the same time. And then my father got really ill because my mother was, was dead and he got really ill. And so within that period of 91 to 93 to 97, I lost all of it. I lost my mother, my father, my home, my marriage, my uh, protected um, environment. How was it for you to, to lose like, you know, three major things at, at the same time frame? It must have been quite a... Well, that was the story in the business challenge because in the business challenge, I said how it affected me, my <laughs> children, my, my ex-husband, you know, it was a, a big uh, explosion, if you like. Yeah. You know, because it all went, it, everything went. Um, so I had to build again, Charles. I had to build again. So I'm back to building again. This is like your father again, you know, yes. after the Second World War. Yes. So what I did was to get physically fit. I ran, I used to run a lot in, in those days. I used to run every day. And I made a conscious decision that I needed healing. So it devastated me mentally, physically, and emotionally. It devastated me because it's like um, everything, you know, the, we call it the rug is taken from underneath your feet, yeah. the carpet. Yeah. It was like that. Everything had gone. So it did affect me badly. I mean, there's no doubt about it because I was trying to go, well, I'm on my own. I need to steer straight ahead and not go too far because I still had two children. My daughter at that point, she was in university. Uh, she was in Cardiff University. My son was 14. So I still needed to create a stable environment for them to come back to. So I, I used the sea as my healing, which is why I'm by the sea. Wow. So I ran back. I um, med in those days, you didn't call it mindfulness. You didn't call it meditating. I just used to be by the sea, next to the sea. Yeah. Watch the tides come in and out. Hmm. Smell the sea. Smell the salt hmm. air. Um, be very aware of nature. You know, hmm. I'd always go into, my, my son was a, um, a scout. My hmm. daughter had been a girl guide. So they were always in what you call these environments of building a community, being with, you know, like people. They were involved in building communities. Yes. In spite of the diverse yes. setting situation. So you, you learn to do it because you've been shown the way before. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. So it, I think it took, so the business challenge from Penny Power was talking about how that was for me to build. I lo I, the other thing I lost, I had started a contract of um, looking after Ford Motor Company's employees for their fitness. It's creating a fitness program, creating a gymnasium for Ford Motor Company in their plant. So when I got divorced, I had two contracts. One for Bridgen Engine Plant and the other for Swansea Plant. So two, two contracts. So because my decision was I've got to look after my children to get them back, I left one contract go. So I lost 
half my what? income. Okay. But I needed to because I knew my children needed me. Yes. To create that, um, we are okay. You know, I call it yeah, that environment. Yeah. Yeah. Stability. Stability. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I lost money. You hmm. know, I had, I made the conscious decision. Focus on one uh, hmm. company. Yes. And focus on your children and get the back. Those are the two focuses. Hmm. So I, I put that in my uh, business challenge. I explained it in my business challenge. I, I consciously let go of one contract. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I had to. Yeah. You had to, you had to, to prioritize, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is valuable for you? If, yeah. if you're giving, you know, particularly well-being, because it was well-being in terms of, yes. I used to yes. give um, exercise to music classes, circuit classes. I used to give nutritional advice. I used to give stress management mm -hmm. because I'm trained um, as a counselor in stress management. Mm -hmm. And so that's energy. You're giving energy the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I needed to keep some energy back for my children. Lovely. Lovely. So that was a conscious decision. Yes, yes. I know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. What, these were the most important things to you, yes. Um, how do you see, like, um, what is more important? Money, it's like between money and happiness, you know? You wanted your kids to be, you wanted to be happy and you wanted your kids to be, to be happy and fulfilled, you know, and to have a, a nice environment, you know. Some people would probably choose money, you know. <laughs> that's why that's why things go go wrong, you know. But I'm really impressed, you know, that you right thing. I think you make different decisions yeah. when you lose things, when you lose parents, when you lose your home, when you lose your you know, there's so much uh, about your stability is gone. That's yes. when you make your decisions that money isn't everything. I call that uh, bricks, bricks and mortar. Yes. I had a nice home. I had a beautiful home. And that was thanks to my husband. Mm. You know, it was his income and my income. that We were building all this. Mm. But if you're not happy in that home, exactly. then what is it? You have to make sure the relationships in the house yes. is the important one. Yeah. Otherwise, the house would be like a ghost house. And it became a ghost house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the children grow up and they leave it. Yes, that's true. They leave it, yeah. And it will be just you with the house. <laughs> what did you get out of it, just the house? And Charles, the funniest bit of that time, I'm, I'm making fun about the house and I loved it, you know, and I'm really broken when um, I lost it. So in the, <laughs> in the house, I was selling it. You know, because yeah. um, I had people, to, you know, you call it the estate agent yeah. to sell the house. But there was a, you know, the market will go up and the market will go down for property. The market was full of houses for sale. There was too many houses for sale. So I used to use my connections and, you know, this like live tribe connecting. I did yeah. it. And I found that, you know, the children would be, uh, my, my daughter would be in university. My son would be outside with his football and his golf and playing. So the house was empty, right? Now, I've always, as, as a, 
a family, we always had Labradors. Have you heard of Labradors? Yeah, Richard? those dogs. Yes, yes, yes. The they're lovely. Dogs. I like them. Yeah, yes. but I've never, I've never had cats. Never, right? Yes. No experience of cats at all. So when I was in the house on my own, it was like a, a mausoleum, right? Hmm. The cats from next door, my next door's neighbors, were all coming to sit on the, the window ledge to look at me. At your window? Yeah. To look at me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Every day those cats would come and look at me. And I found out, because I don't know anything about cats, but I found out that they like to home in on somebody who was on their own. I see. Like company. Yes. They look for, uh, yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah, they look. They look at you. Oh, wow. I didn't so know. I'd be, you know, I'd be sort of cleaning upstairs and I'd find one of them coming up the stairs. Ha. Just to they, keep they company. Were, yes. Amazing. So I, learned, I learned a lot about cats in that period. <laughs> so you had some guests in your house, right? I had guests in come my and house. And cheered you, you know. <laughs> and they, they were, you know, the black and white with, um, yeah, they call it, you know, the tuxedo that you wear, the tux? Yes, yeah. They were like that color, black and white with the tux. Oh, wow. That's... And looking at me every day. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. We are with you. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> I was very, very aware of that. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like, uh, you know, you cannot uh, exchange anything with really being fulfilled, you know, having your, your children and taking care of the things which you value so much, you know. That's really, that's amazing, you know. You know? And yet I can see that it's like a legacy. Your yes. dad was like that, you know. Yes. And it came through to you. Your mom too was really... Uh, a, a very um, caring mother, mom, mother mm-hmm. and, and, and came through to you that even through the pressures of life, you were able to stand and, and, and to really see that you do your best to bring happiness and fulfillment to your family, to your children. Yes, I think the word be the best is quite a good way to explain it because you don't know your best. You never know your best. Until you try you your best, I guess. Yes, <laughs> but you never know it until you test it. Yes. Then you know your best hmm. Hmm. because you've got to rise to the challenge. Yes. How is your relationship with your kids? You said you've got two. Is it two girls and a boy? No. A boy and a girl. A boy girl, and a girl. Yes. The girl is um, a project manager in university. Yeah. So an educated, gentle, she loves animals. So she's hmm. done, as well as being a project manager, she's gone to Brighton to do animal healing uh, diploma because she's, she has a gift of being so gentle and all the animals, they love her. Every, everyone loves gentle, even the animals, and even, <laughs> even the inorganic things, right? Yes. <laughs> even our cars as well. <laughs> yes. yes. 
though, um, when you ask me how is my relationship, we have a close relationship. I have a very close relationship with both. Lovely. But the relationship with my daughter is um, constant. The relationship with my son, can you imagine um, being a son uh, with a divorced father and then making his way in the world? So the relationship went a little, I've always been close to my son, but it went, uh, it, it was tested yeah. because he was making his boundaries. He was uh, making his way in life and he chose to, be ready for this child, he chose to become a chef. A chef. Yes. Yeah. So he went to college to become a chef. Wow. And he did um, do very well as a chef, but he was doing it too quickly because um, he's like me. He likes a challenge. He's very sporty. He's, he is uh, like a mirror image to my energy. He's like me. He wants to play football. He wants to do this. It's like this all the time, energy. So he decided, and I think part of the decision, Charles, was because most of the people in college doing um, hospitality and catering were girls. I see. And he was about one or two of the boys in all of this group. So I think that was also his uh, cunning uh, choice of being in that course of doing hospitality and catering. He liked that. He liked that. So he chose it. He did it as, as a career, but he was, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about the catering industry. It's a long, hard uh, industry, long hours. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You go in, yeah. you um, buy the food, you select the, the produce, and then you come back and you cook and you've got a team. So he was working as a very young man. He was only in his uh, 1920 years of age, 19, 20 years of age, it was hard work. So mum was looking after his um, well-being. And I said, you're not playing football anymore. You're not playing golf anymore. You're looking very white. And he said, well, you'd look white if you're in the kitchen all the time cooking. And I oh, said, yes, but that's, you know, you need to um, work like balance. Yeah. So I was encouraging him to play golf and he, he did play golf. And then um, he decided one day, because I kept saying to him, are you going to stay a chef and work for somebody? Or are you going to be so good you open your own restaurant in, right. in time? In time. And he came back and he said, no, I don't want to do that. So I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, I'll make my mind up. And when I, I know what I'm going to do, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Mm. So mm. it took him a while. I think he must have been chefing for three, four years. And he came back and he said, I've made my mind up. And I said, what, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to join the paratroopers. Mm. So he joined, have you heard of the paratroopers? Paratroopers, those are, let me see now. I'm not sure whether it's like part of uh, police rank or military. 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 Okay. Okay. They're the fittest people in the military. Ah, I see. Because they have to uh, tab. There's ten miles tab. It's a bit like Brian Rose's uh, training in his Ironman. They have yeah. to be really fit. 
So he made his decision he was going to join them. Hmm. Is so what he's doing now? Yes. He's now an officer. So he's, he's been in 16 years. He started um, as a, what we call a gunner. Yes. He's made his way as a sergeant, sergeant major, staff sergeant. Now he's graduated from a college. Hmm. So he's become a royal artillery officer. I see. What about that? Yeah, yeah. So I've got one academic and one officer. Wow. So my relationship has gone through good, bad, bad, bad. Because don't forget, he's been in a war. He's been in three wars. Bad, bad, bad. And now good, good, good. He's coming back up. Marvelous. <laughs> it's excellent. You happy? <laughs> I'm delighted. I'm, I love him. He's, he's amazing. He's got amazing energy. Wow. That, that's amazing. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, what I call that's a legacy, man. That's uh, you are such um, a treasure of uh, of wisdom. Every time I see your videos and what you share, you know, I feel that you have gone through, you know, things in life. You know, breaking through uh, certain situations. You know, um, uh, bad times. You know, and and to to, to the time of uh, blooming, you know, you, you, you look like a, a flower which has fully bloomed. <laughs> I've never been described as that. I quite like that. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. You are Maybe because I understand what it means to be well, I understand what it means to be fit and healthy, hmm. and I understand what it means to be a mother. Yes, yes. And oh, yeah, get it. So, so for me, that's the best foundation hmm. to become a businesswoman, to become an entrepreneur, to become a um, speaker, yes. to become anything that you, you've, um, I think, succeeded at in coming back hmm. up again. You know, I noticed I've done that. You know, in life we do this. It's like a, yeah. a pattern. Hmm. But if like you've a got... Like pattern, yeah? Yes, it is a pattern. But if you've got the energy and you've got the love yes. and for your fellow mankind, like, you know, with the live tribe, yes. Um, yes. and you want to share that, it's the sharing. That makes you a bigger person if you share. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What do you uh, feel like right now after going through your life with your from early childhood to your, you know, rising up your kids, you know, having such wonderful parents who really, you know, uh, helped you in life, you know, to see, to have a good life perspective and then to raise your kids up to now. Do you feel fulfilled or do you feel there's something missing you would have done better or how do you feel like at this time of life? I feel there's more to achieve. Hmm. And the one thing I missed out on was having another man in my life. Another man, I see. So that's two things. I see, yes. But I'm not, um, I've not been somebody that's um, wanted and, uh, you know, become negative. Hmm. 
I've just made sure I've got a lot of friends. Right. So I've, I've built my friendship hmm. circles. I have very good friends. And so what I want to achieve is to travel. And that's something I can share with you because um, of Live Tribe. Um, I used to travel with academy.com and I did Turkey um, in a gallet, you know, in a boat. I was following my father again. I did it for a good 10 days yeah. with, yeah. with uh, Dutch people. There were Dutch business people on board. So we did it as a networking trip. Hmm. Right. So I um, we used to drop anchor along the coast of Turkey all the way through it. And um, as, as a guest on board the gallet. Hmm. So I've done that and I enjoyed seeing Turkey from the sea. I enjoyed the, the whole experience of being on board with completely strangers. You know, I didn't know them and the experience was brilliant. So I've done a few things like that through Academy and people who are business people. But now I've joined the live tribe and I've uh, had an amazing I would say insight with Roger Brooks, the founder of American Rail. Now, behind the scenes, I've been working quite closely with Roger to develop um, what I'd like to offer. So when you say to me, what would I like to do? Yeah. I've, written, I've written a course, um, a six weeks course for Roger through, through American Rail. So we agreed last night that I would go to New York in August. And the reason for that is that American Real will have its first year anniversary in August. So Roger wants to uh, create an event, a first year anniversary event, for people he's interviewed, for people who have helped him create American Real, for mm. people who are in the live tribe. And what I love about Roger, and I do think he's very pioneering, he wants to, the people like us, the founders of Live Tribe, like you, Charles, and people who are with us, he wants to offer them the opportunity of growing their business. That's amazing. And I think that is amazing. That's amazing. Absolutely. So that would, um, you know, that event would really be uh, something that he'll share with you and everybody on Live Tribe and then uh, give you his plan and, and for the future and his offer for the future. So I want to be part of that. Yeah, I would like to keep an eye on that. Yes. That sounds amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah. So that's my, when you say, what do I want to do? Yeah. I have been to America. I've never traveled to America, but I, the, uh, the catalyst for me mm. is to offer something I can offer as a course. I can offer my connections because Jay Shetty will be his guest on June the 8th. Looking forward to that. So I, I knew yeah. Jay Shetty and I asked him if he would link with Roger Brooks. Yeah. And have the interview. Can you, can you, can you, uh, uh, Caroline, can you probably uh, just explain a little bit to our viewers what uh, uh, Shati does? Jay Shetty? Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Just a little. Yes, Jay Shetty um, lives in London. His family are from London. 
and he um, in his if you go into the YouTube and um, look at any of his videos he will tell you himself that he grew up as a young man in London with parents who had high hopes for him doing whatever they they wanted him to do but he rebels like all teenagers do um, at some point and he got into the wrong crowd and this is something that you know he um, has presented on YouTube but then in that phase of um, wandering we call that you know going the wrong way he met a monk and that particular monk influenced him so much because of his power of love hmm. that that's um that that he actually um i think was the person the catalyst i call it hmm. that um attracted jay himself to become a monk so one monk was attracting another monk a new monk so he became a monk. So when I came across Jay Shetty, it was during that time in London. I was a, a member of academy.com, which is a digital uh, platform. And Jay Shetty was on that platform. But he was known, you read it, Charles, as an urban monk. So they knew him um, as an urban monk. Is it one of his names? Yes. They usually call him the urban man. Yes. So Thomas Power and Penny Power, who owned, who were the founders of Academy.com, they got hold of me and they said, you really need to connect with Jay Shetty. He is going places. He's going far. Hmm. So that's, that was something like 2010, I think. It was 2011. Right. And so I did connect with Jay Shetty. And I did find him inspiring and I did find him energizing and he was awesome. But I didn't quite understand how a good looking man like him could be an urban monk. <laughs> and um, he, he, he then sort of met his wife now and she, because Jay was um, creating mindfulness programs for companies in London. Because mindfulness became quite a big thing. Is he one of the first creators of mindfulness? Yes. I see. Yeah. So he was um, giving those programs of mindfulness to companies in London. Hmm. And Thomas Power, who was his um, mentor, was saying, you're going to go far. Because Thomas is very ambitious. You're going to go far. You know, keep doing this. Keep doing it. And he was uh, giving live in those days as well. And so the next thing is, uh, Ariana um, of Huffington Post, she must have heard and seen him on some of his YouTube clips. And she said, come to New York, I want to interview you. Yeah, so, I, know, I know Ariana, yeah, yeah. So she um, saw the talent and the potential yeah. and it brought him to Huffington Post. So wow. then we saw Jay Shetty on Huffington Post every morning interviewing the likes of Simon Sinek, Deepak yes. Chopra. Simon Sinek, yes. Deepak Chopra. Top guys, uh, yeah. Uh, Bernstein, I can't think of her first name now for a minute. Gabby Bernstein? Gabby Bernstein, yeah, yes, yes. He was getting yes. these top quality presenters on the show for Huffington Post. Hmm. It was amazing to watch. Absolutely amazing. That's amazing, man. That's so amazing. what Jay was doing 
is what we all need to learn is he was connecting with us the whole time. Even though he was in Huffington Post, he would um, WhatsApp or he would send a message to Facebook and he would go, like my live, like my live, like my YouTube, please support, please like my. And he did it for the whole of the community in London and he's done it for the whole of the world now because what's happened, he's got millions following him, millions. Yeah. Because he kept yeah. saying, he has such he a, yeah, a, a big follow-up. Yeah. Big yeah. follow-up. Wow. But he, he did it from the day one. He said, like me, support me, follow me. Hmm. So he, he took on the quote from uh, Penny Power, which was, know me, like me, follow me. Okay. Know me, like me, follow me. That's the book. The book. There is a book. Yeah. Written by Penny Power. And Penny Power and Thomas Power influenced him in that respect. Right. Influence. Amazing. So because of that connection, um, I asked him to speak with Roger Brooks. And Roger Brooks is going to do that interview on June the 8th. I can't wait for that. On American <laughs> Real. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. Oh. It'll be a dream come true. Lovely. Yes. Yeah, Caroline, what do you think the world, the people out there are not understanding well in life? And what do you think, um, how can, can, can the people out there who don't understand, what do you think uh, people don't understand much about? in life generally? I think um, from all the experience I've had as a mum, a wife and a teacher and a mentor and a speaker is that people become afraid. They become very, very afraid. Hmm. And that's the biggest fear creator. And politics, unfortunately, in every country, every country, feeds the fear mm. it doesn't take away the fear it feeds it so there is panic there is pandemonium mm. so what what advice and what message i'd like to give is that you need to connect with your tribe you need to attract mm. your tribe and that needs to be through loving your fellow man mm. i love so that it is the power of love mm. of your fellow man and woman. It is. Yeah. And then once you really mean it and do something about it, so you action it, do something about it. You know, we call that um, act on it. Mm. You could, there is no time, I don't think, now, presently, to sit back. This mm. is the time when people need to stand up and connect and create a community which is a giving one and um, we saw it so well on Saturday with the marriage of Prince Harry to yes. uh, Meghan Markle. Mm -hmm. He did it because he, and it's very genuine and they're very much in love, but because they're in love, the both of them as individuals, they've come together, but as individuals they care for the um, the negative parts of what we created in war, in uh, disease, the spread of disease where AIDS was concerned. 
So Prince Harry was very keen to follow his mother's footsteps to help uh, mm. children who are children of parents of AIDS. And he's continued that and he's building that. And I see it with Meghan Markle. She's got mm. her equal charity where she's passionate about, uh, it's a little bit like uh, Michelle Obama, mm. where she wants to help women and young mm. girls in education. So it's literally doing something about what you feel so passionately about, yes, yes, but yes. connecting so that you've got the support when you want it to work. Mm. Mm. And then that's, that, that really, um, I think, gets into a place that is so strong and so powerful that the negative fear and the anxiety and the depression, which is a disease that, that's everywhere, um, becomes less and less and less. And you can only do it through the power of love and real intention and real intention. Hmm. Hey, Caroline, maybe you can explain, explain a little bit about how you overcame the fear of public speaking. Just in <laughs> yes, um, because the, the 12 year old having this facial accident and um, a head injury, my first memory of coming um, into a hospital with surgeons on, around me and hospital uh, nurses was that fear of the light because when they want to work on you, it's the light they bring down. Mm. So I've had a phobia. I call it um, um, a, a photophobia of the light coming towards me. So I've had to go through therapy to be able to um, mentally get around the memory of pain through light. For me, the light and camera meant pain. So I've had to really um, get a lot of mm. therapy, emotionally, mentally, physically, to be able to see that the light can also mean great things, powerful oh. things, like seeing Charles, like seeing Roger Brooks, like seeing Gav do his press-ups, you know, so that you see the complete and utter, um, yeah. I think sharing is the word, the sharing yeah. of it. The good things. Yeah. So, so then what, what happened was this. I've always uh, been asked to speak. When I joined the Chamber of Commerce, um, I was asked to speak. And I can remember the fear of thinking, right, I've got to speak. I've got to know what I'm talking about. I've got to stand up. And I've got to face the audience. And I can remember my first audience I was, um, I'm trying to think how old I was, I was 40 years of age and I was very slim because I'd been running quite a lot and I stood on the stage and I was asked to, to give a presentation about lifestyle and well-being. And when I looked at my audience, they were all asleep, most of them were asleep, they'd been out the night before, they were working long hours, they were very stressed and they were also very large. So I immediately thought, well, whatever I'm going to talk about, exercise, nutrition, uh, stress management, they're just going to fall asleep. <laughs> so, Speaking to a sleeping audience. <laughs> I, I would be talking to a sleeping audience, Charles. Oh, man. 
So the, I have a, a wickedness in me that meant I worked 100 miles an hour in my head. I changed the speech completely. Very intelligent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I felt, have you heard of the, the quote, um, lamb to slaughter? You, you put a lamb into the slaughter. Yeah. That, I felt I was the lamb to slaughter. <laughs> They were like, you know, they were big and they were tired and, oh, oh you know, what? they were like this. So I stood there and I, I gave this 60-second fast. It was supposed to be a six-minute speech. It was fast, fast, fast. And then I had this amazing epiphany. I said, will you all please stand up? Hmm, that's quite a challenge. <laughs> and they did. They got up. And then I said, and please, will you open your arms out and make sure you've got enough space between you and the next person? And they did. So I had a room full of people like this, you know, looking and waiting for me with eye focus. They were looking at me, what next, what next? And then I said, are you ready, Charles? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put your right arm out. Yes. Put your left arm out. Yes. Wow. Look at me. Yes. Bend the elbow of your right arm. Yes. Bend the wow. elbow of your left arm. Yes. Bring your arms together. Yes. Bring your hands together. Yes. Rub your hands like this. Wow. And then I went, take your hands apart. And they went like this. Yeah. And, I went, and then bring them back together and clap. And then I went, thank you very much. I went. They How was the room? How was the people? They remember they were that I got them up to yes. do something very simple. Wow. But it wasn't prepared. It was something I thought I can't talk to people who are like this. Yeah, who are sleeping, man? <laughs> sleeping audience. So I then was asked to do it again. <laughs> but you see, <laughs> but they are spontaneous. So I am very spontaneous. So I was asked to do three days. Three with, days of doing that. With yeah. executives. The same person who was president of the Chamber of Commerce yes. was president of something else. It was called WDA, Welsh Development Agency. Okay. And they had work, you know, I think every company does it. They, they have work days, away, away work days. And they invited me. He invited me to speak to them about, um, I'm trying to think what it was about, personality traits, body personality language. Personality traits, yeah. And body language. Yes. So I did the same again because all of those people, they were clever people. They were very intelligent people. They were very fun people. They were very wicked people. So they were there in their groups chatting away. So up comes this spontaneousness again. And I said, okay, I had been, um, you know, Virgin Atlantic and British Midlands are air companies, they fly airplanes. Okay. Well, they, when they interview people, they get them to, to, to get rid of their nerves in the interview. They get them to come up and say, pretend, you know, what's the slogan? So you can either say poetry, you can either act the slogan, or you can sing. They give you a challenge to be able to physically do something with the slogan of the company. I see. 
So I challenged them. I challenged them all. I got them into groups. Yeah. So three and four, four. And I said, right, your challenge is this, your challenge is that. You can either sing, you can either <laughs> recite poetry, you can either um, mime, you can do something physical. Mm-hmm. And it was the best event ever because wow. some of them were fabulous singers. I so they made a choir, they made a choir together. Yes. And they sang. Some of them were wicked. You know, so you got them in our live tribe. You'll have somebody who's really wicked. And yeah. they were miming and imitating people with the imitation. I know. Yeah. yeah. It just was the best icebreaker for people I'd never met before. Wow. That's, that's very interesting. Man. I never... so it's, it's like spontaneity, isn't it? Yes, it's yes. Like... People need to be, to be challenged in a way. Yes. Get them to be present. Yes. Given them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, Caroline, thank you so much for all the wisdom and all the treasures you've shared with us. It's really lovely. Thank you so much. I have really learned a lot from you, Caroline. Well, so, it's, been, it's been a pleasure to literally sit and watch you, Charles, for longer than 60 seconds. <laughs> It's actually longer than 60 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey. So it's been um, an exercise. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is a great exercise for me too. Anyway, viewers, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to come in contact with the Caroline, she has a, I think, tell them your your where they can, they can get in touch with you, Caroline? It's, it's Caroline at lifestyle-online.co.uk. Yes, yeah. And, and on uh, Facebook. It yes. will be facebook.com slash forward slash lifestyle online. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. And on, and on Twitter or lifestyle online. I'm on Twitter as well. As well. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. Lovely. And if you <clears throat> keep in touch with us, you can visit us on uh, happiestpeople.com on iTunes and uh, soon keep in touch with us. We'll be sharing with you a lot of wonderful things. Anyway, uh, bye for now. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.